In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. Come on. On this episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast, we head to Slidell, Louisiana and meet up with Tim Mullins and his great nephew, Sean, as they tell us about the history and also the future of Acadian Woods bows as they ramp up production in 2018. But before we get started, we want to give a shout out to our two sponsors. First up is Cousin Smokehouse, makers of the most flavorful and tender pork jerky on the market, and also Steve German's Taxidermy Art, located in Westlake, Louisiana, the only taxidermist that's made it easier for you to transport your animals back to Louisiana by including a drop-off point in Orange, Texas, so you don't have to cape out your deer before coming across state lines. So a huge thank you to both our sponsors. We could not put this podcast on without you. So with that being said, let's get to this week's episode. We are at Acadian Woods in Slidell, Louisiana. Acadian Woods is a is a bow company. He's been around for 26 years. Mm-hmm. 26 years. Yep. And we were with Tim Mullins, who's the owner and longtime bowyer and craftsman of Acadian Woods, and with his uh, great nephew, nephew. Sean. So, mm-hmm. Sean, what's your last name? Ken Sarsic. Ken Sarsic. Okay, I'm going to leave that to you yep. to spell. <laughs> um, but we are we're out here in Slidell, Louisiana. Uh, how many acres do you have here? Uh, this piece of property is like 90 acres. It's my wife's family property, and uh, she has half of it. And uh, uh, so we have we have about 45 acres. Of it. There's nobody living on the whole thing except uh, my daughter lives right there. Okay, so, that's your daughter. On, yeah, on. so it's like living in the country, but it's five minutes from town. You Absolutely. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's a little sanctuary back uh, it's here. A piece of heaven, no doubt. How yeah. many lakes do y'all have? Two. Yeah, yeah this one's about 10 acres. We call them lakes, about 10 acres. Then we have another one over there that's about six or seven. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, that uh, boat that's in the pond looks like a, a custom-made boat. Yeah, I bought that in 2000. Uh, it was already, it was pre-owned. It was built in 99, and uh, uh, I fixed it up to, set it up to marsh fish and bass fish. And, and uh Used to do quite a bit of that, kind of got away from it, but uh, we're fixing to get cranked back up. Bow fishing. Yeah. Uh, had bow fishing lights on there, so lights hanging up right back there. Oh, that's what those are. I See, I thought the, mm-hmm. I, honestly, yeah. I saw those, I thought those were your, your bow oven lights. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then no. I realized LEDs probably wouldn't be very good for that. No. Yeah, it wouldn't put off any heat. Yeah, no, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, we, we're, we're interested in getting back into bow fishing and fishing, so we're just getting started with all that. Yeah. And so all of y'all listening, just to paint a picture of kind of where we are, what we're doing, we have 
forced our way onto a workbench they used for uh, for building bows. We had to move a um, a jig out of the way. We've got wires going through all sorts of hand tools and whatnot. I know y'all obviously can't get a visual of that because this is audio, but <laughs> but we have uh, we are very forcibly recording this podcast in Acadiana Woods uh, workshop, which is how, how big is this workshop? About twenty by thirty five. It's so? twenty eight by twenty. And then it has a wing on that side that's 12 by 28, and one on this side that's 12 by 28. And we're fixing to enclose this one uh-huh. and incorporate it into the shop, too. So we need more room. Oh, yeah, we yeah. need more room, yeah. How long have you been operating out of this shop? Uh, started and actually started building bows. So, so actually sold my first bow in, in February of 1992. And uh, that were Cajun hunters, and I built Cajun hunter longbows, mm-hmm. uh, mainly 64 and 66 inches for uh, a little over a year, and then uh, one piece recurve, and then after the one piece recurve, then the one piece tree stick, and then into the takedowns uh, later. And uh, Neil Fashion uh, is a veterinarian, good friend of mine here. Uh, that's how we I got started. Uh, he was treating my animals and. Uh, he, he found out I had an interest, and, and, and the next thing you know, we're hunting together, and, and, and then he said, let's build a longbow. So we built a longbow, and that was a Cajun hunter. And, and, and basically, we went to, I was working for a property damage uh, appraisal company in Baton Rouge, so carpenter work's been my life. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I was getting out of the phys- physical part of it and, and went to school and... Uh, uh, became a property uh, damage appraiser for an insurance company in Baton Rouge. That was going really well, and uh, they decided just to close the doors uh, at one point. And I had been building bows. I hadn't even thought about selling them. But we went up to the hunting camp that night. They, they closed on a, on a Thursday. We went to the hunting camp on Friday. Neil said, man, you got your license. Let's go. So... We took off and went up there, and, and uh, this is really how Katie Woods got started because uh, when we got up there, it was dark. So this is in the early 90s then? Yeah, mm-hmm. and when we got up there, it got dark. It was dark, and we got there, and everybody had their, their lights on, their trucks and their targets, and they was they were fine-tuning their compounds. And, yeah. yeah. And we watched all that for a little while, and, you know, we were pretty new in the traditional archery scene then anyway, so we had back quivers and... You know, like a lot of people do, but we had back quivers and rubber blunted wood arrows uh-huh. with flu flu feathers on them, you know. And beautiful night, the moon was out, and the porch was on it. That, that old house that we stayed in up there at the lease was on a hill, and the porch was probably four feet high. And then Neil said, he said, man, go get your bow. He said, let's show these boys how to shoot. You know? <laughs> so it was it's just a fun thing, you know. So so uh, went and got our back quivers push pull strong our bows and reached over and turned the lights out yeah you know threw some cans out in the in the yard and started popping them all over the yard <laughs> by moonlight you know and those guys man can i try that sure here try some of them and hit it no you know so uh they were friends of mine and mm-hmm. they knew that my job had just went down so i got nine orders from my buddies at the oh, hunting nice. camp yeah to be okay, yeah. That that well, that trip, you know, that weekend trip. I think it was a three-day weekend, you know. But uh, they, you know, they were trying to help me out. And then Spillway, uh, Richard Dugas and Stan Bluen at Spillway. I knew them well and called them, and they started carrying. I heard that. I heard that too. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how it really all got started, uh, you know. And and uh, my wife said, just she was a teacher here. She'd gotten the job being a teacher here, and. Uh, uh, that's how it got to be, you know. It was a, it was a hobby turned into a business, kind of by accident, you yeah. know, yeah. type thing. But it's you know it's been a, a, a 25, 26 year total obsession with me, you know, 24 seven. It never gets off your mind. You're always thinking about it, what you can do to make it better. New designs, new work combinations, better better uh, uh, ways to you know methods to do this and do that and how to make this better and that better just never goes away it's always there and it's it's almost a lifestyle you know it's not this is not a job this is not work yeah so do you uh do you sometimes think to yourself like i can't believe people buy these or i get paid to do this do you you feel like you have a dream job 
Man, this is magic. To Do me. you feel yeah. like you have a job? Absolutely. Well, no. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, because <laughs> I, I have, I have so much responsibility to my clients and all. You know. Uh, uh, we we sell bows all over the world. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we really do. We sell as many uh, overseas probably as we do here now. And and this does not feel like a job. This is this is uh, uh, when I first got back into traditional archery, I bought a Mike Palmer three piece recurve. Mm-hmm. It was like two hundred and fifty dollars. It was made out of gray action wood, and and you know it was basically seventy something pounds at my draw length. Always shot real heavy weights and and. Uh, yeah, great bow. You know, I shot it for a while before I started building mm-hmm. the bows. You know, I shot with a long bow first, and then you know. But when I saw that bow uh, that that Mike Palmer had made, to me that was how did, how does he do that? You know, that's just magic, man. And and the poundage that you ask for, and a certain draw length. And yeah. How in the world did he do that? And so when we started, didn't have a clue. We just started buying stuff from Bingham's Archery to the brackets and stuff to make the forms and the fire hoses. And and they didn't have CDs or DVDs or videos no, or any do. of that. Yeah, no, that. yeah. Totally self-taught, you know. And uh, like I say, it was a session. I was thinking about it 24-7. So never been in another bow shop. Just uh, learned how. And, and the things that we do, that's what I pride Katie and Woods on, is we do things that make sense not what somebody else does mm-hmm. you know our shelf design is totally radical compared to what's out there but it's uh, it's way uh, in in my opinion and opinion of most of my clients that 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 shelf design is is a huge part of the the, the shootability and mm-hmm. the accuracy of Cadian Woods bow. Can you go into into detail a little bit on on your shelf design and what you Well it's 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 different in that it's not just a flat cut 90 degree angle mm-hmm. it is a 90 degree angle but I but I, I learned a long time ago that a concave 90 is stronger than a square yeah. 90 so I took a rat tail file to make them stronger mm-hmm. and just took the tip of the rat tail file and in that groove I would always round it mm-hmm. and that over time has refined into an actual groove in the bow and the air uh, shelf itself being being ridged and we set it up to where the arrow touches one tiny spot, and I always we always get that as close to the throat, the throat of the grip, the right? throat of the grip as possible, because that that aids in torquing, mm-hmm. and and set it up with a toothpick behind the side the sight uh, window uh, plate calf hair plate, and and then you got the groove. You don't have to have the groove. So it actually looks. It looks more involved than it really is. The arrow is making very minimal contact. With very minimal. It touches two tiny spots. That's it. Oh, so you've got the, the shelf, the horizontal part, touches slightly there, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the vertical touches riser. Touches the toothpick, basically. Yeah. So, so it, it touches about an eighth-inch spot on the rest and about and a toothpick on the side. And then it's got a groove there, too, that you can set your hand feather to go through. Uh, it, you know, it really aids in bear shaft tuning and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. or, or tuning uh, uh, your arrows to fly right, but once you get them to fly, fly right, I tell people, say, it doesn't really matter, man. You you yeah. don't need to groove then once you get everything straight. You can turn that cock feather any way you want, and they're going to come off spinning. And also because you've got that, what, your brace side's probably, I guess, somewhere between 7 and 8 inches. Right? Actually, no. My bow's uh, like, a, our bow's like a lower brace height. Cajun, I mean, my tree stick, I usually shoot around six and three eighths. Okay. You know, and, and uh, the recurves usually around seven and a quarter, seven and a half. Uh, on the longer recurves, shorter ones can go down too. My bow's like a shorter, a shorter brace height. They just operate better there. Now, in the compound world, a uh, shorter brace height equals obviously more speed, and generally it's because you have more energy transfer. Long is not more, longer energy transfer with the arrow and the string. Um, whereas if it's a longer brace height, the arrow releases sooner, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that carries over well into your bows as sure, well? Sure, it absolutely does. There's no doubt about it. The longer the arrow stays on the string, the more energy it stores. Mm-hmm. You know, So uh, that's not why necessarily the design is like that. You know, <laughs> It's a nice byproduct. Though. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and built. The, and I give Neil Fashaw credit for so much in these designs. He had a tremendous amount to do with the Cajun Hunter and the and all of them in their infancy stage, and mm-hmm. you know, I, and then I've I've uh, 
uh, tweaked them and changed them and for the, over the last 25 years and, and improved on that, you know. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty dead gum. The design is awesome. And, and, and they're, these bows are light. They're thin. Uh, they're sleek. They're, they're, they're uh, quick. They're extremely quiet. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people just can't believe, especially the Cajun hunter, I mean, the tree stick, it's ridiculously quiet. And, yeah. and the recurve, the reflex in, in the recurves, uh, right now it has a, a carbon, um, a piece of carbon uh, reverse taper throughout the tip that goes about 12 and a half inches back. And that stiffens the tip and gives it a little bit of kick too because carbon recovers quicker than, than wood or Maybe. anything, you know, yep. And it gives you some uh, torsional stability. Uh, and, 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 but it's a semi-static tip. It doesn't open all the way up mm -hmm. when you shoot it. So it's kind of like a catapult, you know, uh, which is uh, a, a big advantage to speed. Yeah. Uh, but another big advantage is, is there's very little string contact. Uh, yeah. It's only about that much string contact. So the bows, uh, the recurves, they don't, they don't have limb flutter when you shoot them, you know, you shoot. And there's nothing wrong with limb flutter. I just don't personally like it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you shoot a bow and it goes, on, 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 you, know, I, you know, these bows, when you shoot them, they, and it's done. Yep. You know, there's no vibration. It's just quick and, and it's well, over. That, that's something I, I, I spoke in our first episode uh, of the Louisiana Bowhunter podcast. This past year, I, I hunted strictly traditional, mm -hmm. um, which I related to bow hunting with one hand tied behind your back. Right? <laughs> it's it's uh, fly fishing, fly fishing of the archery like, world, man. Very, very yeah. much like fly fishing and, and uh, and has about the same production expectations uh it, but but when you man when you hook one or when you shoot one there's no better feeling yep. uh, of accomplishment but um for for me the thing that was a shock i think in the whole uh journey because getting getting in tune with your bow your person like yourself being in tune with your bow not just your arrows and your bow being in tune way different you becoming one with your bow is very much a a, uh, a dedication takes a lot of time yeah. it's not something you pick up a couple weeks for the season and go out and do most people can't that's no. right yeah and there's and then again there's some people that can just pick it up and and uh and and start nailing cans in the yard like they've been doing it their whole lives yeah and and one of the one of the the good analogies to it is um it's it's kind of similar to throwing a baseball in a sense mm -hmm. where if you're a third baseman and you you feel the ground ball you make a good throw to first you cannot explain to somebody else every single thing you did to make a good throw. Mm -hmm. You can't say, well, I put 80% of my weight on my back foot and then I, you know, I curled back and, you know, you just can't, it isn't explainable. It's right. something that is, it's, there's something kind of in, in the in-between, um, in the ether, if you will, mm -hmm. of, um, of the, the process that, that you just pick up. You inherit it over time. And some are better at it than others. But right. everybody has a lot of preferences when it comes to, to traditional archery. You've got some people that say, I'll never shoot a long bow. I only, I only like recurves and then vice versa. For me, I, I do feel as if I personally shoot a long bow better. Mm -hmm. But I sh that, that uh, Zebo stick I showed you earlier, I, I told you I got it on a Thursday and killed the hog with it on a Friday. Mm -hmm. You know, Now, granted, it was straight down. It had been hard to mm -hmm. miss. But... Um, it's definitely a personal preference that everybody has. And do you have people that come by and come back and buy all, like all styles of your bows or when they buy, buy a recurring purchase from you, is it generally an improved style or uh, of the same design? With the three piece bows, they, you know, you can put either tree stick limbs or recurve limbs on our riser. So yeah. they frequently get both sets of limbs. Uh, the guys that shoot a lot of 3d and stuff so they can have a, um, um, Modern longbow, if you would, and then and then a, a, a recurve also with the same. But I tell people that that you know a lot of people ask me that I get a lot of people coming from compounds and uh, simply and I shot a compound for 18 years. That's an original Allen right there. Yeah, uh, got in the Marine Corps 1971 San Diego. Sold a trumpet to get it, man. Trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, uh, uh, you, know, you, you just. Uh, it, it, just people are different you know so so some people do it do it well and some people don't and, mm -hmm. and you just have to keep practicing at it you know so one of the things that i i have observed on the internet you've got all these facebook groups for traditional archery these days and um, a lot of the 
long-time traditional archers have a little bit of disdain towards some of the compound hunters these days. Um, maybe maybe some of the same sentiments that a compound hunter might have towards somebody with a crossbow or whatever. But then it's it's always funny when that gets kicked back on them and they say, well, why don't you hunt with an atlatl? Why do you think you're so great with a traditional bow? You know, mm-hmm. so there was always somebody before us. But yeah. what we're seeing these days, and, and I'm proof of this, and I know a lot of friends, is that compounds, in a sense, are a gateway to traditional archery these days. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, the time when you know Bear and Browning and and um, Shakespeare and I can think of five other classic bow companies, they were just flooding the market. Of course, this is pre-compound bow, mm-hmm. which was in the in the 80s, I believe, or the late 70s. You have these purists out there that believe it's traditional or nothing, and the reality is, is it's, it's 2018 with the reach of social media and then um, just the internet in general. You can get on YouTube and you can look up 25 different bowyers across the U.S. and how they make their bows and their personal design and whatnot. And what happens is people that become really self-sufficient with compounds want more of a challenge, which is exactly what what I was seeking out. And it's one of those be careful what you wish for situations because you'll get it. Mm -hmm. And, And so do you see a lot of converts from compound to traditional. Yeah, yeah, we do, and that's why I get back to the, the handle section there. I, they'll ask me, and I say, I recommend a three-piece, and I said, the, th- the reason why is because you can, you know, you really need to start out kind of under bowed into into, Very much, yeah. into traditional archery, you know, and and uh, and I tell them, I said, well, you know, you know, if you start out with a three-piece, every bow that's built by any bowyer throughout the country uh, you have to learn how to hold that particular bow so you're not torquing it and everything works right. you got to get comfortable with the grip to get good arrow flight. Once you get that mastered with a bow's grip handle, and then you can get recurved limbs, longbow limbs, light limbs, short limbs, heavy limbs, mm-hmm. pretty limbs, ugly limbs, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever you want, you can just, you know, and just swap your limbs out and, and you already know how to hold a bow you know because of that riser you know so that's that's good down the line and of course you can take it apart most people don't though very often i don't take i hardly ever take mine apart i don't either Uh -uh. mine mine actually hang mine actually hang at uh kind of at my back door i've got Mm -hmm. a target uh mine hang at my back door and uh you know, I'll go out a couple times a day if I'm home and just sling a few into the target and Mm -hmm. i'm good you might be it might might only be three Mm -hmm. you know but um anyway let's let's get into Sean a little bit. Tell me a little bit about y'all's relationship and, and what y'all are doing here at Acadian Woods uh, these days. Well, Tim is my great uncle, and I was just, I was Navy for six years, active duty, and uh, decided to get out, and in my free time, my terminal leave getting out of the Navy, just decided, hey, I'd come hang out over here. I'm a, I was a compound bow shooter, but this was interesting to me. I knew he did it, so i will come hang out, see how he does things, and hanging out hanging out more leave uh time went by uh was expecting to get another job and waiting to hear about that waiting to hear about it didn't happen it's like yeah. oh okay now what do i do and me and tim talked and it was like well he wants to expand and find somebody to teach the trade to and it just kind of worked out and here i am we've been doing this for three or four months now yeah here working yeah. and uh so yeah. i mean obviously our family did did you ever spend any summers or time here when you were a kid oh uh, we yeah grew up 45 minutes away where my parents were um we'd come over here because the huge lakes the you know the huge ponds oh, and lakes like we call kids them. dream yeah. out here yeah, yeah. 90 um, acres and there's, there's a lot of age difference too sean's yeah. sean's 28, 28 and i'm 67 so yeah you see so like, yeah so but yeah yeah he's he's We've well, always been around. My parents you know? actually lived on this property before I was born um, for several years. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. So it was always family property we came to and hang out on. and um, Plenty of stories yeah. I've heard about this place. And <laughs> well, there's not many jobs that you, you can have where you and your boss start every day out by going fishing in the lake. Yeah, no, no. I, <laughs> yeah, I tell him all the time I'd. Scared I'm gonna wake up on my way. That's not yeah. Way here every day like this is a dream. There's that's no not, way. That's not a bad deal to have at all. No. And we, we really enjoy ourselves in the shop working, man. It's just you know we turn the music on and we just get into it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Heads down and rocking. 
So um, when I first talked to Sean a, a few days ago, um, he said that y'all are y'all are really opened up into taking orders now. Um, you know, what are y'all asking any deposits from people right now, or what's the, what's the no, story? No, what what's happened was too. I really got behind several years ago, uh, uh, way behind because I had death in the family. My wife had breast cancer, lost a son. Mm. Got way way behind and and was trying to catch up, trying to catch up, and uh, uh, that's how we got so far, I got so far behind, and now we're really, really catching up. Good. And, and uh, you know, we're going to start taking orders again, and, and not going to take deposits uh, and give people a lead time. Uh, we're getting bows out pretty quick right now, and we still got a pretty lengthy list of other, you know, prior orders. Uh, but that way, what, what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll take an order, we'll put it on the build list, mm -hmm. and then we'll just build the bows. We, but we, when we get ready to start somebody's bow, we'll call them, uh, get the rest of their, all of their specs in line and stuff, make sure we know what they want, and even if they still want the bow, mm -hmm. you know, and then we'll build the bow in a week to ten, a week to two, week to two week, ten days, two weeks. Two weeks, mm -hmm. start to finish. So there That's won't awesome. be there won't be uh, a delivery time per se. Mm -hmm. Give a deposit. Okay, your bow's going to be ready a year and a half from now or whatever. Yeah. It's not going to be like that. Well, that's that's I like that better actually because um, that's so daunting. You see that a lot in taxidermy work. You mm -hmm. see you see that you know you drop off right. a deer in November, and then it might be a year to a year and a half until you get it back. And and right. I understand you know you've got the taxidermist got a freezer full of heads and and um, racks and uh, and whatnot. But I kind of like that system better where we'll call you when we're about to go into production mode, and then. People get really excited. Right. It's yeah. much easier to be excited for two weeks mm -hmm. than it is to be excited for a year, crossing your fingers, you right. know, saying, "Was well, it going to be nine months? Could it be fourteen months?" Yeah. You know, and so. Um, and then life gets in the way too. You yeah. know, like right. the, the taxidermy and building bows. You know, I'm a single guy, yeah. my operator here. You know, working by myself for most of these years. You know, so my work was really slow, and now it's really, really moving fast. You know, because we're doing, Sean's picked up so much and doing so much already. You know, it's yeah. just amazing. And, and uh, uh, we, we complement each other. And so we're we're having fun and we're building bows and we're, we're getting them out of here quick. You That's know? great. So uh, we're going to be probably start going to some more shows and stuff. Hadn't done that in years, man. But we're, we're probably next year we're planning on going to a bunch of shows and having some inventory, some stock bows, and as well as, as custom client bows too you know you know it would be really fun uh you know pat craig and then the craig family up in alexandria pineville there's they've become some good friends of mine mm -hmm. and um one of the things I, I do love about the traditional archery world is that there's so much camaraderie between shooters and bowyers and arrow builders and this that and the other and um i i haven't i have yet to see a bowyer or a craftsman hate on another person because of their brand or their craftsman craftsmanship mm -hmm. or whatnot. Right. And so we had uh, in March our very first Louisiana Bow Hunter 3D challenge, which was um, people have been asking us to put on an archery tournament for a long time, and uh, we didn't want to do it unless it could be as good as it could be our first year. And so we did it in March, and it was a it was a, a big success we feel for our first year. We had 150 shooters. We had, had about 225 to 250 people there in attendance total, and we had a lot of vendors come from all over the state as well. Mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, have some people showcase their products to their archery shop or whatever product that they had. So if y'all want to come to the next one in March, it's going to be on March 8th, uh, 2019. Um, if y'all like to come up and. You and I'm sure Mr. Pat Craig will talk your ear off. I should like he say y'all did that in at Sinla, didn't you? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. yeah, we did that yeah, in we, Pineville. Yeah, we, we did that, and it was in um, Pollock. Their their range is in Pollock, Louisiana, um, just a little north of Pineville. And um, we chose we chose to partner up with them because number one, they're great people. Number two, they have a great club, mm -hmm. and they they're centrally located. Because I live in Baton Rouge, so mm -hmm. that was two hours, two and a half hours away from even where I live. So my partner and I, Justin, we were trying to centrally locate it to where it was just as far for everybody to come, or just as painful for everybody to drive the same distance. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And so we put it right there, smack dab in the middle of the state, and their their property really uh lent itself well to what we were trying to do they, they have enough room for two ranges 
uh, a really nice practice area, plenty of parking. Um, the sheriff was okay with us parking down the highway when we filled up the parking area. Um, and so we, we hope to have it there continuously for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this upcoming March, we're going to have another one um, on March 8th. And we'd love to have you all there if you want to come set up a booth and, and show off your stuff and let people shoot your boats because right. you'll have a lot of people that yeah. honestly have never shot a traditional boat before. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the fun thing for me to see is watch people hit where they're looking and not and they don't know how mm-hmm. they don't know why they don't know why they're good at this sometimes they don't know why they're bad at this um but uh it's fun to see that that first drawback and shoot and, and it's more i actually think it's something primitive in our in our dna that makes us good at it that's why i know? like to use white feathers because you can see they can see it you can see everything you know, with we practice with white feathers on a dark target because you can see everything the air is doing. You can see it spinning into the spot you're looking at. Yeah. And then transfer that over to a hunting situation, and you see it spin into the spot you're looking at on your deer or whatever. You yeah. Know, that's that's kind of hard to beat. You know. Well, tell us tell us a little bit uh, about your preferences as far as hunting uh, and hunting setups and things like that. People don't need a 60-pound bow to kill a deer, do they? No. You know, 25 years ago, everybody wanted 60, 65, 70 pounds. Uh, you know, my first longbow was 85 pounds, you know. and Your uh, first? Yeah, and I shot it for a year, and thank God it finally broke, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, one of my first ones, you know. People have gotten uh, intelligent, or they gain knowledge, and they realize they don't need all of that. Yeah, you know uh, what they need is a properly tuned setup, tuned arrows, tuned arrows tuned to your bow, so it's getting all the kinetic energy. It's not kicking up or, or side to side or anything. It's just, when you release the air, all you see is spinning feathers. That's mm-hmm. what it's got to be. So, and you you can you can shoot completely through a deer with 30, 30 35 pounds. Uh, with a properly tuned setup and a sharp broadhead in the right place as long as you don't hit a major bone like a shoulder bone or something, you know. So the average, uh, you know, I'd say the average then was probably 60 pounds 25 Mm -hmm. years ago. The average now was 50 or less. Now, do you think, think, thanks to some of the advancements in materials and limb design? Really, bows are not shooting all that much better, the traditional bows, than the really old bows. They are some as far as speed and Mm -hmm. stuff goes, but... Uh, yeah, there's there's advancements uh, in technology to some degree, but it's all just fiberglass and and, and wood and glue. <laughs> and glue. Yeah. you know. So uh, design matters, uh, fiberglass and materials matter, uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, there's you know they're just they're, they're about as good as they're going to get. I yeah. think you know I don't think they're going to get any super super better unless they come out with some something a lot different than what we're using now of course you know carbon a lot of people are, are doing a lot of carbon we use carbon too used it a long time ago got away from it using it again and um, uh, it's an advantage it just has a lot of torsional stability mm-hmm. to the limb it's, and it recovers quicker than wood and it's lighter than wood so that translates into more speed you know uh, but it's not a lot. It's not enough to, to want to put carbon in a bow just to make it fast, you know. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people chase speed. We don't. Uh, these bows are just about as fast as anything out there, you know. I, 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 but they're quiet and fast, you know, and that's that's yeah. that's the big deal. You'd rather you, If you're a hunter, you really would rather have quiet more than you would fast. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> is I, I, was, I realized very quickly that there's not much difference between shooting 168 feet per second and 160. 75 feet per second right and but but when you can make that as quiet as possible um then a lot you know obviously in a in a traditional bow hunting situation you're hopefully shooting 25 or 20 yards and under sometimes 18 or 15 yards and under and so um no matter how fast or slow you shoot that isn't a whole lot of reaction time for a deer to truly jump string completely out of the way unless you were shooting high already mm-hmm. um but for me i I put a lot of my effort into trying to quiet down bows. You know, like you see on, on my bow up there, I've got four cat whiskers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my shrew that I, I brought, I've got, um, I've got the, uh, the puff balls on it. 
and every bow is different. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know? And, and and something that that goes into making a bow quiet too is they have to be tuned properly. Yeah, you got to get the right brace height. You know, if you don't have the right brace height, it's gonna it's, you're gonna you know we call it. I tell people to start with my bows, brace height, the new bow, at six and three quarter inches from mm -hmm. the bottom of the string to the deepest part of the throat. Shoot it a while, and then raise it up, lower it until you'll find that sweet spot. It'll get quieter. It'll feel smoother, perceived to be smoother, mm -hmm. be less shocky. It just shoot better. You know, even your groups will get better. Now, is that something in your designs that you can anticipate, or is that just a? That's every bow. That's yeah, a, well, that's you know, every, yeah, you're, that's true. That is every. But but is that something that you can, um, that can be factored into a design of? I want this to be a, a deeper brace height or a shallower brace height or anything like sure. that. Sure. Yeah, that's like that's like Black Widow with their forward handle and all. They have a high brace height, a mm -hmm. really high brace height. Yeah, I think theirs is like nine, nine and a half wow. or something. Yeah, but you their know? riser sticks out so that's much. That's what I'm in saying. Yeah, see, yeah. that's just a different style, different design. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well. Um, can you think of can you think of any particular bows over the years that were your favorite that were maybe the hardest to to get rid of? <laughs> hardest to get rid of? I, you know, I, I, they all. I'm, There's a lot of them that we build that it's like, man. Uh, that's hard to sell. Yeah, I don't that we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's I've, just keep that one around a yeah, while. We'll build you know? him another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's pretty nice. We build another one. It's like I want to keep that one. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, we just we're shipping out six this week wow you know that's and, great yeah and for us it is you know and and uh you don't want to let them all go man yeah you know you look back there and you know it's not that much there that thing was full first of the week yeah. bows hanging and sanding and spraying and getting them ready you know that's incredible yeah and now we you know we got this one here that's uh that's finishing up and then one uh, three-piece recurve just finished up he just sealed it got it can i know. see that one yeah I saw y'all working that's on a one, one That's a left-handed one-piece tree stick for a guy, and shoot, I can't remember where he's from. It's beautiful. What are, what are the woods on this? Uh, the riser is Cocobola, which is, uh, to let everybody know, is almost impossible to get now. I've heard it's that. It's been the base of my work for years. That and uh, Bacotia have been the most two used woods, uh, but Cocobola is being bought up by the Chinese. They're, really? they're buying every stick of it, and so it's gotten really hard to get a hold of. Um, but uh, the riser in that bow is Cocobola. It has Sapelli on the back of the bow, veneers. Uh, it has Pomelli on the belly of the bow, veneers. And uh, uh, it also doesn't have carbon, no, it doesn't have carbon in it. But it's got uh, the broad head. Uh, it's got uh, black and white ebony broadhead in it uh, and Cocobolo artistic inlay also. That's a beautiful bow. I've got uh, a friend of mine named Dennis Jenkins lives in uh, Plaquemine. He's got has, one of my bows. He, he does. Yeah. He, it looks it looks very similar to that. Very similar. I actually, I, I thought that was um, uh, a lighter like Bacote or something versus Cocobolo, but it ha it hasn't been finished yet, right? So, so it doesn't pop yet, right? It, they, right, you, it'll turn a lot darker once it uh, gets something on it, you know. Yeah. You can just do, put a little acetone on it, and you'll get a look at it, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, and then here, yeah, it's uh, beautiful though. That's got to be the most exciting phase for y'all is is doing that final sand and final final uh, seal. It, it's it's fun to to spray them, watch oh, them yeah. come alive. <laughs> yeah. They really do. They they come alive, man. Yeah. When you hit them with the spray. Yeah. I'm a pretty big duck hunter, also, and, and I I've actually heard that Cocobola is hard to come across for call makers because they had almost. Uh, I didn't know the Chinese were, were buying it all up. I, I didn't know, either till until recently. And I, I know uh, I know the duck call makers like it because it's a fairly oily wood and it's water repellent, just straight out the box, you mm -hmm. know, w without even any sealing on it. So um, I didn't realize it was in such high demand. Mm -hmm. Is, now that comes from South America, doesn't it? Well, like Mexican, Guatemala, yeah, you know, Latin America. Yeah. How many How many bows? Are y'all planning on building this year? How many, or how many would you like to build? I this really year? don't know yet. Uh, we're shooting for, well, you know, kind of getting started late, but we're going we're gonna to try to do, you know, start doing a hundred or more a year. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah I guess right now we're doing about three a week. 
This yeah. is kind of the pace we're on now. Right. Um, I don't know what that translates to yeah, over the year. year. I don't know, but <laughs> as I learn more and can do more, and that has, has already picked up oh, yeah. a lot of speed. Yeah. Know, just me learning just a few things that, you know, can really – I um, did automotive painting before I joined the Navy. I mm -hmm. went to school for it, so that translated into spraying and sanding the bow. So that was almost – instantly i was able to come in here and start doing that and that's a majority of the time yeah and in, into the bow is the finished work right yeah i believe it tim do you still bow hunt these days uh not a lot but i do i have what i call special hunts i usually go for a week at a time i go for, i go up into pike county illinois with mm -hmm. my son in november for the rut uh sean and i just got back with a family turkey hunt in um, uh, missouri yeah uh, public land mark twain national forest and uh, we're gonna start doing more of it yeah. I, was, I was in uh, i was in missouri two weeks ago for work and i rode by mark twain national forest i didn't get to go deep into it but man that's beautiful yes yeah, 1.2 1.2 million acres it is scattered massive. all over the whole state we're hunting we're hunting kind of central missouri and it's 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 pretty mountainous you know yeah. this year was really tough we didn't get our birds this year uh, last year was a monsoon <laughs> there for five days and got to hunt one last mm -hmm. year. But uh, uh, they had a really harsh winter, so we got up there and dogwoods and all were blooming, you know, but uh, there wasn't any greenery, man. All the yeah. leaves, they had budded and just started, but you could see for ever. It was chip. like an ice yeah. storm yeah. had gone through there the month before or something. You yeah. know, it was just dead looking, you know. So. It made it really hard uh, for the turkeys, you know. They come in, and, and, and a lot of times it wasn't, uh, if they took off, it wasn't because uh, what they saw is what they didn't see, mm -hmm. you know, because there wasn't a hen there, you know. They, yeah. they, they, could, they, could, they had an advantage that they don't usually have in being able to see a long way. Yeah, absolutely. A lot further than they normally would, you know. So, so you, you do the rut in the Midwest, um, and uh, you, do you still do any hunting around here? I hadn't hunted around here in, in about three years, three or four years. I used to hunt Honey Island Swamp a lot. It's just right there, 15 minutes mm -hmm. from here. Uh, Katrina kind of stopped that because it knocked down all the big trees. The growth, the underbrush got so bad you couldn't hunt it. I heard that. You know, but it's it's better now. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, we're probably going to go over there and do some looking around <laughs> this year too, you know. Uh, go over there and see if we can't get back in. I know there's a lot of pigs over there, and there's, there's good hunting over there. Man. It really is. It's just uh, difficult. It's public land you yeah. know, and difficult. And then, of course, you've got all of Pearl River Manage, Wildlife Management Area, and it's all boat access too, just, yeah. you know. That's my favorite way to access public land oh, yeah. is, is going in by boat. Mm -hmm. I really I love that. I when I get on a map and, and, and I'm trying to pinpoint an area I want to target, I, I I take the satellite image and I put it next to the PDF that mm -hmm. Wildlife Fisheries has and I just pretty much circle the spots where there's no four wheeler trails going in there, yep. mm -hmm. and the only way to get in there is by boat or just straight walking, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that's worked out pretty well for me. I, I I enjoy doing that, and I don't see people very often either. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but Sean, what about you? Do you still do any bow hunting? Uh, well, six years in the Navy kind of kicks you out of it. It's yeah. tough to um, make hunts here. Always gone, either deployed or training. But uh, I did what I could. But now that I'm out, definitely looking to. Yeah. When did get, you get out? December. Oh, so he, he I'm just okay, fresh he, out. Yeah. Gotcha. You just got out. There. Just got out. Yeah, he's he's still he's doing reserves yeah, and reserves. special forces guy too, man. He he's, he's a SWIC operator. He told know? me he couldn't we couldn't talk about uh, yeah. yeah. Talk well, about much. Well, we can't talk about much, but you can tell him what he is. You <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> yeah. It yeah. tells people a lot about yeah. his character and his determination and, and and all you know. So I like for people to know that. Absolutely. You know, uh, he's different for a 28 year old young man. I can tell you. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your service and, every, and everything you've Absolutely. done. Absolutely for the support. Well, uh, I got my uh, brand new Acadian Woods that we just built in the shop, so I'll definitely be uh, yeah, tell, tell getting us, it ready. Tell us about that. Go, go get that and kind of, if you can, explain it to people. What they, <laughs> that thing's crazy. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> this is the cool part about doing it in, like, in the shop. You know, this is a lot more, a lot more uh, descriptive than if we were just sitting in your living room, you know, or over the phone. So it's a three-piece bow, and you said you just so, finished it up? Yeah. Is it last week, two weeks ago we finished it up? It's mm -hmm. uh three-piece tree stick. It's 62-inch, uh, 60 pounds at 31-inch draw length. 
Wow. By a That's orangutan you, so arms. Your, your draw is 31? Yeah. He's, he's 6'2". Yeah. 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 I'm 6'2". Mine's right. 31. <laughs> well, I, I tell people that, too. You know, people think sometimes because they're tall, they'll have a long draw length. Well, that happens a lot. But then I've seen them, like, uh, people over 6 feet with a 25-inch draw. Yeah. You know? Mine's right at about 20, 28 for, for traditional, mm-hmm. 29 and a half. And I'm thing. five eight, and mine's 28 and three quarters, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, wide. <laughs> so, so tell me, what materials did you make it out of? It's, it's a beautiful so boat. The, yeah, the riser is Bacote and Wingy, which is pretty much jet black. The Wingy, yeah, I was, it looks, I was ask it looks was, a lot of people think it's painted black. but well, That it's, looks uh, like, a, what is it, phenolic? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. That, that, Mm-hmm. Thick, uh, it's an African well, wood. Wingy comes from the, you know uh, from Africa, and it's just one of the black woods. We use that, Zircote from Belize and Macasker ebony. Wow, if we're yeah. looking for black in a bow, yeah. you know? that's a beautiful bow. And you've got uh, the deer horn uh, screw down. Uh, yeah, the deer bird knobs. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's got Bacote veneers on both sides of the limbs. Uh, this is the uh, Zircote right here uh-huh. on the uh, the tip inlay. That that looks like just a really beautiful deep it almost looks like a coffee color mm-hmm. and, and i feel like it contrasts that that um that bacote really well yeah zero cody has more grain figure that you can see over all of the dark woods yeah mm-hmm. you have to take really the does. wingy it, out into the sun to see that there's actually grain in it or yeah. get it close yeah mm-hmm. it looks just straight black well one of my friends Harmon carson if y'all heard of him or met him or talked to him he lives up in bozier He's a big traditional archer, and he's just—he's a killer. He just—it's almost like animals come near him, and they just know they're gonna die. It's—it's <laughs> it's insanity because he kills more deer with a traditional bow than than most people I, I know, know with a compound. I have a bunch of clients like that. It's crazy, but anyway, he—I uh, don't really have any other word to describe it. He lusts after <laughs> your bows. No, oh, I mean, okay. He—he loves—he loves the detail and the craftsmanship and. And everything, so I know he's he's wanting to uh, to get one potentially. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, and Sean's got uh, uh, black and white ebony broadheads, back and belly, and uh, and uh, uh, artistic inlays on top of that too. So wow, we pretty much put everything we offer. Yeah, I was about to say it's about six woods, and it's got carbon too. It's got carbon. Yeah, <laughs> it's got horn tips. Horn it's got tips, carbon. Now, what what are what are the horn tips off of? You uh, said. The, moose moose i don't use deer horn anymore i had problems with deer horn and it you know even 40 year old deer horn would just sometimes just hanging on to that would just fall off really and as they say it shrinks mm-hmm. but i quit using it because i had a bunch of tips come off so moose and elk were fine that's great but the, you know, even if you soak the deer horn in acetone for a week and then dry it and put it on it still they just don't stay huh Interesting. They're very hard. They're very brittle. As this is too, but it's not quite as much, I guess. Um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful bow, man. It, it really is. And that that moose tip, the white of that moose moose tip, uh, moose horn tips on the end, really complement all the contrast, the color contrast you have going on in the bow. That's it's beautiful, man. I'd honestly, I'd be afraid to shoot it. It's yeah, <laughs> it's it's I was so nice. Kind of afraid to pick it up when we finish it. Like, oh, maybe we'll just let it, it sit there I mean, for a it while. It looks it's so shiny. It looks like it's wet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really looks like you just well, it's got you know waxed it. it. it it's uh, it's got like the the uh, deep baby red vet finish. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yeah, <laughs> deep. You know, it's like he just yeah. got it back from a car show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wanted to gloss it up. Man, they're beautiful like that. Yeah. They show all it kinds of detail. Yeah. yeah, they the show the detail well. Yeah. I like them like that. And I hunt with mine like that, man. And, you know, if you're not in the sun, it's not a problem. And, the, and these uh, spandex uh, bow uh, sleeves that they make, mm-hmm. they, they, some of them are snakeskin. And then things work great, man. Yeah. It's not like the old ones that were made out of cloth and were big and baggy. These spandex things hold tight to your limb and. You know, if you want to have a, a, a shiny bow, you can. Yeah. You know, you don't have to yeah. hunt with a blacked out bow. That's know? a beautiful bow. Yeah. If you if if you were to build that for somebody, what do you think the price of that bow would be? That bow with everything it's got on it is pushing this twenty eight ish. Twenty eight hundred dollars. Yeah. That's something a gorgeous like that. bow. 
And that's, I mean, that's a, that's a bow for a lifetime, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, know. yeah. These, these will outlast us if they're taken care of. You can pass it, you know. Yeah. Heirloom stuff, you know. And I, I think that's something we should we should maybe talk about for just a moment is the fact that, you know, Katie and Woods has been around so long and they've got such a day. I'm looking at y'all <laughs> as a day. Y'all have got such a reputation of, of quality and speed and, and craftsmanship and everything combined that I, I do think there's – probably a few people that might be taken aback by a cost of your bow but to be honest it isn't that much more expensive than a fully rigged compound oh it's you not know? and if you take the artwork off of it and just have a plain bow yeah it'd be about the same as everybody else's absolutely there's things on here that the others don't have exactly yeah. you're yeah. exactly right yeah got some beautiful inlays uh some beautiful finish uh, it's a gorgeous bow now, uh, as far as the the bow building process, do you um, do you have a like a stock grip design that that you put on all your bows, or do you do any sort of customization for people? I customize all of them for every individual, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you know, like I say, we do a lot of overseas stuff too, all over the country. So what I get people to do, I talk to them uh, if I can. Uh, I've even done a translation app for people in another country, never talked a word, spoke a word to them and them yeah. the same way and built bows. But if they have a bow that they're currently shooting that they like the grip of, they just send me a picture, man, with these cell phones, you mm-hmm. know. Shoot me a picture, some pictures of it, measure the throat if you want, and, and I can pretty much uh, 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 copy, duplicate what they're shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I just don't get grip complaints anymore. When I first started, I got a lot of grip complaints. You either liked the grip or you didn't like the grip, you yeah. know. And then I started trying to refine, and, and now we now we we do a uh, uh, you know whatever size you want, but but uh, bas- it's basically a, a palm swell with a thumb rest pistol style grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you got the little thumb, thumb yeah, rest on and the side. They, they just really fit your hand well. And I make really sure to cut, if you're right-handed or left-handed, this deep right in here mm-hmm. so your hand will come around. So your hand doesn't, doesn't have to twist to hold that straight. If this is sticking out, if this is sticking out, sorry, if this is sticking out, it's going to push your hand out. It's going to cause torque. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's going to keep you off target. So this is a real critical spot right here that and that's the lower part of the grip? Right. The yeah. bottom part of your, your hand goes into it. It needs to be an indentation there for it to get into. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful bow, and, and uh, I appreciate y'all, y'all showing it off to me. What do you think the next chapter of Kitty and Woods is going to be like? Do y'all, do y'all have any desire to get back into, into shops uh, like Spillway like you did once before? No, I, 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 I want to be – we want to be in the custom that's what I always wanted to do was mm-hmm. the custom stuff. Uh, I get bored with just regular stock, stock bows, repetition, you know. So yeah. I, this is what I love to do is, is you know, there, these are, there's a lot of creativity and all that goes into all of this stuff. And I tell people these bows have soul, man. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. You know, I'm an I'm a ex-musician, you know. So I was in the Marine Corps band and, and, and uh uh, we listen to music, and it, that's just all part of this, man. It really is, you know. And when I'm in here by myself, I'm listening to blues, and we got a real good system too. Yeah, so have it kicking. You can hear it from the house. I know? believe. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it when I pulled it up. It'd be yeah. rocking in here, man. Get it going, you know. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. They definitely there's there's a piece of us in every one of them. It's no doubt. That's great. And you know, it's really cool though, because you talk and I get to be really good friends with at least 95 percent of the people mm-hmm. you know you'll have a, in 25 years i've had a few that we butted heads a little bit but uh for just dis- disagreeing on this and that and the other but usually end up being i guess lifelong friends with most of them you know yeah uh and that's a really neat you know and then when you talk to them on the telephone and, you know, you hear a little bit how they shoot, ask them how they shoot, and this and that. Now, you find out more about them, and as you're building a bow, you know, all that's in your head. Mm-hmm. And it all matters, man. Yeah, you're Going it into in. it, it definitely matters, you know. And, and you say, oh, yeah, I want to do this a little bit better or a little bit not better but different from a little bit something special. We always like to give everybody a little something that they didn't pay for for, mm-hmm. for our Louisiana land yap too. There you go. I always mm-hmm. tip it's tip inlays or something that they hadn't paid for. We're gonna stick something extra on. I there. was right. I was I was in uh, I was in Milwaukee for for work on Wednesday and we had a I had my boss and my boss's boss and we had a, a meeting with a vendor and 
you know, here I am outside of Waukesha, Wisconsin, and I use the word lanyap. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, and my boss had heard it. Uh, and, and everybody on the other side of the table, they kind of looked at me sideways like I had f- six legs and four <laughs> eyes. And, and I was like, that's a Louisiana word. It means a little something extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew what, I'm, what I was talking about. Well, you know, we, we're, we're uh, uh, speaking of woods, how beautiful Sean's bow is. We're building Warren Womack's new bow now, yeah, too. Yeah, he told me that. Sean, if you don't mind, grab that riser over there. We got his riser done, so we started on it. Uh, I see it there's a third couple, one down yeah yeah a couple of days ago and we got the riser glued up next week we'll we'll glue it up we're going to make him a one piece uh carbon uh recurve and he, yeah here's his here's his riser for his one piece that's beautiful it's a uh, and and uh, wingy and uh yeah we're fixing to fix him up we're gonna make him a a, a new the newer addition to that bow he's been shooting for so long kill so many animals with, yeah you know? well i mean he's if, if he put a notch in his bows for his kill he wouldn't have much of a bow left <laughs> it'd be you yeah it'd be like the termites got a hold yeah <laughs> termites holding hands is yeah. what that would be hold, holding it together but uh this is gorgeous yeah, yeah it's so gonna, that's pretty it's much be a the one bow. piece version of that right there it's okay. the same woods so mm-hmm. give you an idea what it'll look like now does he know what this is gonna look like are y'all surprised at me? no well, it's a good thing this is an audio show. He Dan. said, "Yeah, he said just you know, he said he'd just do it, man." You yeah. Know, so, I yeah. talked to I talked to Warren a couple of days ago uh, about about going over to his house and talking to him about just his career, his just unstoppable momentum of killing deer. With Phen- the- phenomenal, it really yeah. is that he that he has documented just about everything he's ever done in the woods you know incredible it's amazing yeah and that's that's really good uh uh, schooling for a lot of people man well he's helped a lot of people with all of that you you know know, what's funny is you know i I wanted to do this podcast as a, a different outlet of media to offer our followers listeners audience um and one of the reasons i wanted to do it was so people can learn from other people mm-hmm. um and it's one of the reasons why i want to inter- interview y'all and warren womack and i've got a trust me i've got two pages in my in my uh my write down journal book thing of of all the people i want to talk mm-hmm. to and have on on the podcast and and the first thing that comes to my mind is what who can I interview that other people can learn from? Mm-hmm. And when I, li- I listened to a podcast that Warren Womack was on a few weeks ago, maybe was, I think it was in April. Um, and he went through all of the deer he'd killed with a gun, all of the deer he killed with, uh, with a bow, with uh, that, with your bow, you know, specifically, I think he's killed the most deer with your um, yeah, kidney yeah, woods. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's um, crazy. Number. And so I couldn't help but think, God, I've got to do this. I have to start writing down the details of my hunt because mm-hmm. he had it down into into how many deer he saw versus how many deer he shot at and killed versus how many hunts he didn't see a deer. Plus, he's got it all on film. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. He's got 20 plus years of footage. Yeah. Um, and uh, a friend of mine named Chase Metz, uh, he, he and I have spoken a few times. He, he told me I need to reach out to Warren's friend Lloyd. Have you met Lloyd before? You know what? I think I probably have, but I don't know him. Trace said, Lloyd's not on social media. He's not, you know, he's not on the internet much or anything like that. And he goes, but he's just as much of a, uh, of an informational asset. um, Oh, sure. Absolutely. As as Warren is, and they've been hunting together buddies for years, decades. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to talking to Warren and, and getting to meet him because I haven't met him in person yet. We've chatted a little bit on the phone and then and then over Messenger, but um, but I haven't sp- haven't met him in person, which is silly because I only live like 10, 15 miles from him. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the bow you finished up for Warren, and I'm sure he is also. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting it done for him. It's been a while. I, sh- I should have had it done sooner. <laughs> well, uh, let me ask you this. How can, how can people contact you if they want to uh, – talk to you about getting a bow made yeah they you know uh, my website katienwoods.com uh email is awbows1 at bellsouth.net and phone number is 985-502-3659 so you know it's all on the site you yeah get it on the site get it on facebook whatever and know. so just to just to cover it again real quick y'all are y'all are taking orders no deposit down immediately 
and then whenever it's time to go into production mode, you take a deposit, and then it'll be ready in about 10 to 10 to 14 days. Yep. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm excited about that. But it's just different, you know. It's just different. We'll still have a list that will be going down the list, but we won't be, you know, we won't be nailed down to, you know, life gets in the way sometimes of deadlines. So of course. I'd rather not have to deal with that anymore. Well, and then also so, you've got, you've got and then we're, you a two-to-one ratio now with Sean. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're looking to expand in a major way. I, Sean is the future of Acadian Woods Bows, and, and, uh, and he's worthy, in my mind, of taking over what's been done over the last 25 years you know so very appreciated and and we're, we're just enjoying ourselves like crazy man good yeah so when you're happy and and building bows uh, you build good bows absolutely yeah that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a good point yeah that's a really good and you, point you, yeah you work hard and you you hunt hard and fish hard man that's you right know? yeah well is there anything y'all want to add before we shut it down nothing i know of you got anything Man, I don't I, think so. Yeah, I appreciate y'all letting me come over and, and steal some of your time today, and see, let me see what y'all are working on. Uh, but um, if y'all have any questions, y'all check out AcadianWoods.com. Um, y'all have a social media presence now, right? Yeah, I think you just got an Instagram page, right? Had it for a little while. Um, I guess with me being here, we, me and my wife, we've kind of been running Facebook and Instagram and the yeah. website, and uh, trying to get it more active. And, uh, what he's trying Good. to say is I'm not a techie, <laughs> <laughs> and and they're really filling in that gap. They, yeah, they there's they're we're headed in that direction, doing a lot of that, you know. Yeah, yeah we've got a lot of uh, feedback on that. People call us like, man, I just been seeing pictures after picture, you know, yeah. bow after bow going out. Like, what's going on? Like, what uh, happened? What yeah. changed? Either Tim learned how to use the internet, <laughs> or <laughs> somebody else Someone's is helping there. him. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate all your time, and and uh, you know, I'll let you know when we get this uploaded. But uh, thank you, and and for all y'all listeners, y'all be good. And until next time, see you soon.